Mike. Hot Mike, hot Mike. I wonder if we can catch somebody saying something stupid in this one. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Too Fat to Play podcast. I'm your host, Austin. With me, as always, a man that... You are a man, right? I built this fucking studio. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to say this. Hold on. Back up. Coming at you pre-recorded from Studio 2 in Ryan's Basement. This is the Too Fat to Play podcast. I don't know about you, but does it not look fucking awesome in here? Oh no, it's 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 pretty dope. Aside from this dumbass fucking Amani Tumor jersey, um, it, it looks pretty dope with the I mean the wood paneling, the the old ass wood whatevers, all the cards. We need to get this out on social media. I know you've already posted a little bit. We'll get it on the TikTok. That I'm, I should really be doing a lot better job of being on, but I haven't been. But you got the McCaffrey, the Allen jerseys, because you're nothing if not a segregationist of your fandom. Um, I've got an Amani Toomer and Brian Dawkins jersey. I'm not a Giants or an Eagles fan, but hey, at least mine are signed. Um, hey, when opportunity arises. What fucking opportunities are you looking at? I don't know. You're the one that bid on them. I just bought the docking one. Okay. I got the Mike Gusecki autographed Dolphins helmet here. I know he got he got a... Didn't you get that after he was no longer a Dolphin? It was a lot cheaper that way. That's fair. I thought about buying a Cream Hunt signed cheese jersey the same way. But it is looking gorgeous in here. Barring the white blank walls behind us. Yeah, I've got to figure something out with that. But that's for a later day. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you need to introduce our sponsor. All right, guys. God damn it. Sitting here, like, admiring my handiwork. Austin drops that fucking bombshell on me. I was getting there. It was just going to be a couple of minutes. The Too Fat to Play podcast is brought to you by Sticks Golf Lounge in Humboldt. Come in, once again, play a couple rounds of golf in the heat or the AC. We're in that weird part of the, the year where, God forbid, we don't know what it is, hot or cold. It hasn't been cold yet, but it's going to happen. Uh, I think Thursday's morning low is like 39. I hope so. That sounds phenomenal. Right. Uh, but it will be 105 Thursday afternoon, probably. So stop on in, have a couple drinks, play a couple rounds of golf, whatever golf course you want. And if it is ungodly hot, feel free to join in for the leagues on Mondays and Thursdays. With that, like Austin said, we're here. The all-new, 95% finished Studio 2. God, we just got a few little things to get like buttoned up in here. And hopefully we get some video rolling. 
You guys can really see it, everything changing from week to week. I want to get a couple more things hung up on the walls. I also don't want to, you know, cover up all of the cards. It's a good backsplash. We've got a good, we've got a good base right yeah. here. Yeah, it's it's definitely turned out a lot nicer than you would think with a nine fingered troll being the main architect behind it. But overall, it's not too bad. I mean, no. it's it's a nice place to call home. I mean, I've, I made the comment earlier. It's my favorite room in either of our houses, and it's not the one where I should have the most fun. But here we are. I just, agree. Just studio I, tuning it up. Love it. Which which is weird considering I I, I still don't think we can class, classify the last studio as a studio being my daughter's bedroom. But no, but I mean with the name Too Fat to Play, Studio Two just felt right. Oh yeah. No, it, it works. It works I mean, it works better than anything we typically do. That being said, I think we should probably talk about week four. Probably instead, should. Instead of the walls in the room that we record. Well, here's the thing. The studio's really cool, and week four was a clusterfuck. Yeah. I mean, the coolest thing outside of this to happen was, I don't care what anybody says, the Toy Story broadcast was kind of fucking badass. It took a minute it, to it get in. It took a minute, and, and say so you text me, and that's where I got back in on it because I watched like the first five minutes of the game. Granted, my two-year-old didn't give a shit about the football game, which was kind of the whole point. Maybe they need to be a little older. I don't know, but nah, it was it was actually a really cool little experience. Um, that they, they, obviously they have a lot of technical stuff that needs to be worked out, but. The animations, um, the I mean, it was about three plays behind from TV to TV from what I was watching. Yeah, so, and you would expect it has yeah, to be. Not not terribly bad by yeah, any means. Like no. I said, it, it was maybe three plays. Um, the, they didn't have their sound lined up with what play they were on either. Yeah. I, I started noticing that. But what at the end of the day, you start seeing some of the highlights from like side by side. They did a damn good job so animating the, it. The, the animations on the field, which I know I, I read into a little bit of it, every p- player on the field has trackers in their shoulder pads. I mean, it, the, the pick six, Trevor Lawrence's run, um, those plays, they look so cool. And, and I mean, it is, it's incredibly accurate. I, I feel like that's one of those things. You have a six- or seven-year-old that – Sitting there pissed off, first off, that you're watching football on a Sunday morning. On you the can, big TV. On the big TV. You could throw that on. Like, you're not going to be... I'm not going to want to sit down and watch that every week. I don't have kids. But if that's how I have to watch a football game, I'm going to watch it. And then the halftime show that they had with, like, Duke Kaboom and... Yep. and uh, that was cool. And this is coming from a Toy Story. I grew up on Toy Story, all right? That was cool as shit. I'm still in the theater. If they come out with another one begrudgingly, I'm going to go to the theaters and I'll probably still be dressed as a Buzz Lightyear. Okay? Is is that what happened to your left hand? Did you get left in Sid's room? I don't want to talk about it. But let's... What Barbie has your thumb sticking out (laughs) of its forehead? Oh, God. No! Um, 
So Thursday night. Thursday night. Okay. First, first of all, good job to the Lions for beating the Packers. You should. You're the best team in that division. Second of all, what the fuck do you have against Jameer Gibbs? Dude, I've got no idea. <laughs> if, if somebody has an answer to that question, I sure would fucking appreciate it. Um, I, I, I don't know what's going on with the Jameer Gibbs thing, but, uh, I, I feel like Green Bay kind of just walked into, uh, the beginnings of a buzzsaw. Um, so I, I can't be too upset with the way that Jordan Love played. And Green Bay kind of made that a game there late. Um, they they started making they they got a couple of scores. They got back into the game, and I I don't think the game was as far as the thirty four twenty total or final. Um, I felt like the game was a little closer, but Detroit scored the touchdown late to give them that full two score lead again. But man, Detroit that team's good. The team's good. They, I, I don't understand their running back room situation. Like, David Montgomery's not a bad number two back. No. I don't know why he's your number one. Um, I mean, he had a great week against Green Bay, yeah. But it's David Montgomery. We we know what David Montgomery is. You drafted a guy in the first round to be your dynamic running back. And he he's just not getting the ball. I don't know what the hell is happening why you wouldn't just uh, and I've watched this kind of from the the lens of a should be I was kind of rooting for the Packers obviously I I never root for the Packers I like Jordan Love is where I'm looking at this at I didn't see anything out of Jordan Love that made me go that's not the guy I seen a couple of miscues. I seen a couple of bad throws. I also seen a lot of throws that made me go, "Damn, kids got it." I mean, Christian Watson started getting involved. So I, saw, I saw a lot of throws that didn't go Christian Watson's way, and, and that confused me. Uh, and I I think the only explanation for that is Christian Watson hasn't been there, hasn't been practicing. He's got that rapport with Romeo Dobbs, which is fine. That rapport with Chris, Christian Watson's going to get going. I don't know if it's going to be lethal this year. Next year, I kind of I feel like that's a that's a team on the fence that uh, you kind of want to. I mean, if that offense can get get going with any kind of plus momentum, I mean that's a that's going to be a really good receiving core if they can keep it together. Oh yeah. Um, moving on, Jacksonville, Atlanta. Not a lot to say. Atlanta's bad. Uh, oh I, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I feel bad for Desmond Ritter right now. I mean, I, I kind of liked him coming out. I mean, uh, he, he was a fun story out of Cincinnati, but I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know that anybody was like that guy's going to be a great quarterback. Um, and yeah, no. I mean, he's he's the problem in Atlanta. I like Desmond Ritter as a as a guy. He seems like a cool dude. Um, if he's your backup, cool. Uh, you don't want that guy as your starter. No. Um, and I, I think we've 
we've confirmed that. I mean, you have weapons down in, in down in Atlanta, um, and and we're just you're not using them. Drake London's been radio silent. Kyle Pitts has less touchdowns in his career than Devin Achan has in one game. I mean, you're just you're not getting used out of those weapons. Yeah, Bijan Robinson looks great, but we've seen what happens when running backs have to be the center point of your offense. All a, a running back that was in Atlanta for a little bit, Todd Gurley. I mean, you you abuse and abuse these running backs, and eventually, you're looking for a new running back. And then on the other side of the ball, Jacksonville. I still don't. Twenty-three to seven. Good yet. It, they, they have not looked good yet. They that's played, the what, second, they played well in week one. Right. It, if if it wasn't for Cincinnati being as bad as they've been, we'd be talking about what the hell's happened in Jacksonville. I mean, I'm I'm still down to talk about it. I like, I'm still down to clown because Jacksonville is a weird. It's a weird one for me because I you got I, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, and uh, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne. That's a team. That's a good squad. I, I, I thought that, and team it's was... not on the defensive side of the ball either. They're, that defense is playing, outplaying their offense, and the offense is supposed to be the strong side. What what's going on with Doug Peterson and his offense? Yeah, see, I I don't get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I thought that team was going to run away with the division. Um, I I mean now I I'm starting to think they have serious competition for that division. Yeah, Houston looks like no joke, but we yeah, can get we, to them here in a minute. Yeah, and that, I was going to say, and that's that's what confuses me, is I had written Houston off already this year, and I, I, I have to retract some things that I said earlier in this podcast, not this episode, but in prior weeks, because um, I may have been wrong about a couple of things. I've been wrong. Oh, no, we, we both have. It's <laughs> it's the it's the joy of talking into recorded microphones is... Uh, is now we get to have proof that we're idiots. But I didn't need any more proof. Well, yeah. Uh, do you want to get on to the next one? Um, Miami and Buffalo. That one, uh, we've seen Miami. I can't say come crashing down to earth, but we... They got off cloud nine. That's for damn sure. Um, we finally... I can't remember if we actually talked about it last week or not. But there is a formula to beating these teams that are all offense. And it's it's simple, really. You're going to have to let them score. You're going to have to keep up with them. And you're going to have to run the ball. Mm-hmm. If you can run the ball, score when they score. Take that time off the clock, and hopefully you've won the toss so you can try and double up at half. If you can double up, and now they're playing from behind, they start to panic and scramble. And look what happens. You get a team like Buffalo, who looks to be, I, I want it's a bad, I want to see two more straight weeks of just utter dominance before I say they're back. Because that team is so up and down. Yeah, say, Buffalo terrifies me. Like, and not in the way, like, I don't want to see that team in the playoffs. Because the way they're playing right now, I don't, right. don't want to see that team in the playoffs. But they terrify me because Buffalo has cliffs. 
we've we've seen it every year with Josh Allen. There's a cliff somewhere. And when are we going to find this cliff? You know, Buffalo is such a weird team and right now they're playing great. Phenomenal. I mean, they've blown out everybody they've played in the last 3 weeks. And and it's weird. It's almost like when you run the football, your well, offense can be more effective. And, and that's just the thing. It's it's starting to feel like Ken Dorsey's realized what caused his reign in Carolina to come to an end. Was Maybe he, he was, listens. Fuck. If so, dude. I, I don't think so. But Me neither. We have like 18 unaccounted for followers that, you know, like... If hey, you're it, Ken Dorsey, if you're listening to us and, and this is what's going on, reach out. You can yell, you can scream. Like I get it. We're we're two no, nobodies, but tell your friends. Yeah, tell somebody. Um, we're waiting on that uh, that lawsuit to come through. So, like, or I mean, I I could record this in Buffalo. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't for, be upset. For for the right salary, we can build Studio 3. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt about it. But, no, they, they start running the football, taking some of that running pressure that you have to have um, off of the quarterback and then not asking him to be Superman every single play. And now he's starting to almost think, hey, I just need to dump it down. He's starting to get that mentality back where he's like, oh, gotcha. And and now he can look at Stephon Diggs. Not he has to look at Stephon Diggs. Exactly, and, and, and which is so much scarier. Yeah, yeah, when you can look that way, and as opposed to just stare at him. Yeah, no, it's it's terrifying. So I'm, I'm hoping Buffalo keeps this up. Granted, I've already picked against them to win next week. Um, and, and I have more on that tomorrow. Right. But... Uh, Man, Buffalo's, that's a team that you're, I'm not sure you want to catch right at the moment, but like I said, I'm still afraid there's going to be that cliff. I'm, uh, I am too. I'm, I'm still betting on the cliff somewhere. It, if if we get two more weeks of that, then I could say in three weeks we've got the cliff and I'm not worried about them because now we know, we know that they're there. Yeah. If they continue this into the postseason, because as of right now, they might. They kind of look like they're coming out of the East, especially if they can do that again to Miami. I was say it'll be interesting to see what my what the Miami right but Miami's I, home game looks like. I, I don't. I don't see them taking another L to the Jets. Although the Jets have their number, and depending on which Zach Wilson say, shows up, and the Jets looked pretty good on Sunday night. They like, did. Um, but it, it's kind of looking like the Bills out of the East. So that right now. That's obviously not a team that you want to see. Uh, man, winning by 28, though, that's big. Especially against a team that just won by 50. Yeah. Um, and that makes you ask questions in Miami because that offense was not clicking. Tyreek didn't do much. A-Chan didn't. I mean, nobody did much. Well, they don't have a defense. No. They didn't have a pass rush. That's the other thing. You can't let Josh Allen look comfortable. Man, I don't know how they don't have a pass rush. That's, they've got a good front seven. Yeah, no, they've got an excellent front seven. Um, yeah, so Miami, question mark. 
Uh, I still think they're a top five team as of today. Mm-hmm. Uh, every team falters. I mean, I honestly, I still and, think and, that's still the best team in the AFC. And that's that's a team. That's a divisional game as well. Divisional games are different. Yeah, divisional games get weird sometimes. And I, I think that might be part of it. Like I said, I still think Miami is the best team in the AFC. I still think that's the number one problem in the AFC is Miami. And it's because that team can score, I don't know, 70 points. Like, that that's at some point that becomes a factor. Um, and, I mean, hey, sometimes you have a bad week. So we'll see. See how everybody plays next week. But I still have Miami as the number one team in the AFC Buffalo, I earlier said in this podcast that I didn't think was going to make the playoffs. Oh, I think I will change that. I think they will make the playoffs. I think tomorrow night we're going to have to uh, revisit our playoff predictions. I think we should not do that. Uh, Minnesota, Carolina, those are two bad teams. Hey, Minnesota got a win on the year. Minnesota got a win. Um, Carolina's looking for... An offensive line, a receiver core. Um, I mean, they've got a decent set of receivers, but that running team, back, quarterback, um, uh, a couple yeah, of linebackers. Honestly, I mean, the, they need an offensive line, but I feel like the skill positions aren't that bad. I I don't see any positives out of Carolina right now. I that. Maybe it's all because the quarterback is running for his life. Maybe that's what it is. I know an offensive line can cover up a lot of things. My God. Carolina's a tough watch right now. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're a non-watch for me right now. Like that, that, That's just not a team I'm watching. Um, speaking of teams to not watch, Denver and Chicago. Um, Chicago is so good at being bad. They make you think they're going to win and still lose. Denver is still awful. And I don't know. I don't even know how to to assess this game because it was shit against shit. Let's just start where we had it on Sunday. Okay. Um, The fuck are you doing going for it instead of kicking a field goal? That's fair. What what in the actual fuck? Go up three. Matt Ebert. And here's what sucks. You and I had this conversation. I hate doing this whole, we did it first. We record on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. So a lot of our stuff gets spread through the media before we get a chance to actually come out and say it. Sounds like we're regurgitating. Yeah, I guess we are. If you could have had a mic in front of us while we were watching football, why are they going for it? Go up three. And Matt Eberflus, you're a defensive guy. Make sure If you're a defensive guy, the defense should at least be able to make a stop, just like they did in the first half. Yep. If you're so fucking terribly coached like you showed you were and you can't trust your defense... Justin Fields had the game of his life. Yeah, I mean, that that's the Justin Fields that, I mean, some people kept as a keeper in their keeper league. Like, that that's the Justin Fields that everybody was betting on to win MVP. That's who that was. And to waste that, to lose the game with that, because you're a fucking idiot? Shit happens whenever... Whenever you uh, 
I don't know, just put the ball in your best player's hands. Why would you do that? You, you, you just you just do. You don't. Uh, you cannot. I watched football this week that would suggest that that's not what you do. That's and also very true. Uh, and, and whenever you're, so whenever you're in the situation, and I understand, you think you're trying to win the game. It, it, so my biggest issue, I don't care for going for it on fourth down. I feel like that's stupid. Like I just said. You've trusted Justin Fields up to this point, right? Why are we handing it off? It's like fourth and one, right? Just, just like you do in the same bitch I had two weeks ago with L.A., if you're going to run the ball, use your big athletic quarterback who, who you've trusted up to this point. If it's an outside zone uh, RPO... Whatever the case may be, get creative. Because obviously, the easy shit isn't so easy when your team's this bad. Yeah. So, either get the points, which I don't know of any team that looks at that and goes, we're going to win it, fuck the points. Um, I, your defense is just so fucking broken, you can't coach them, obviously, because otherwise, you would have taken the three and said, all right, you guys stop them. And if they can't, now we can give it to Justin. And you gave up 31 to Denver. Who, Who's bad. Who's real bad. Um, so I I don't know what Chicago's doing. I mean, aside from the fact that they currently possess the number one and two overall picks in the draft. So if, if that's your goal, great. Good luck. Um, and to no fault of his own, Justin Fields, I I do see some regression, and but I I also feel like sometimes regression is based solely on your coaching. Sometimes you have to wonder how much coaching plays into. It. I mean, if, uh, if if Justin Fields is the quarterback of the Giants, are they a better football team? From what I seen last night, I would fucking hope so. I mean, at least Justin Fields can try and make a play. Daniel Jones is just standing there. So I mean, and he, well, I'll. We'll go through and ask this real quick. I want to. I, I want to get your honest opinion. Justin Fields or okay, Daniel Jones, Justin, Desmond Ritter, Justin, Baker Mayfield. Which Baker? The one that's the, the one that is actively playing on Tampa playing Bay. today, right now. I'll take Baker. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. that that tastes terrible. Sam Howell. I. Really want to take Sam? I'm gonna take Justin. Uh, I, I feel the athletic ability is greater with Justin. Sam Howell played lights out this last week, and he has for three out of the four weeks yeah. with with a nothing team. Yeah, so I, but we're I, also gonna so figure will, out will, that Thursday night. So I think I think I will lean towards Sam. But maybe that's because Sam fits in his system better than I think Justin would fit in that system. Okay, I, I agree. Um, and then, I mean, I feel like Tannehill's not a fair one. Um, I think I still take Tannehill, but... I think I'd take Tannehill, but th- it, that's six in one say, hand, half a dozen Tannehill's falling off, whereas we don't know what, what Justin is. I, I know what your answer here is, Mac Jones. Oh, yeah, Justin. In either offense. Because... 
I, I you yeah. throw Mac Jones in uh, Chicago right now. Oh, he's dead. Dead. dead There's. Dead. I mean, uh, Demar Hamlin dead. Like he's. I don't think you can say that. Um, just dead. But like I said, I like I said, there 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 are several teams where I think Justin Fields would be the better quarterback. I, I know what I saw last year, and I know there wasn't a lot of passing involved with some of that, but I know the kid can throw the football. And See, and, and up until the beginning of this year, it was it was, it, it was baby steps. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just teeny tiny baby steps. Up until the very last game last year, you're like, wow, Justin Fields got something rolling. And then he started out this year – Way worse than he ever was. Yeah, it, he started out bad this year, so it just makes it makes you wonder. This isn't like Daniel Jones, where Daniel Jones has been bad, 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 paid. Sorry, bad, bad, bad. A slightly above average. Above average, right? Paid back to bad. It, it, it's not like we have a baseline, and and I, I don't know what's going on there, but. This this was, you could continue. You could see it with Justin Fields. Like you could see the flashes. Again, he was. There was a lot of people that bet a lot of money that he was going to win MVP. Like he he was. He, he was legitimately looked at that way, and yeah, maybe the hype got a little out of control. But that kid is talented, and we got to figure out where it went and. I know who we blamed last year with Josh. We didn't blame Josh that much. So, I have to believe that part of Justin's problem is coaching. And that, and you can tell that that team's poorly right. coached. I it, mean, you it's have... It's the entire team. You have a team that, this isn't that, like traded, the Giants. that traded effectively a first-round pick because it was the number 32 overall pick. I realize it was a second-rounder by law. For a receiver that didn't travel with the team. Yeah, with conflicting reports from the head coach and a... Uh, the general manager. And the, was the GM? Yeah, Ryan Poles. That Chase Claypool didn't travel with the team based on his own accord. He was asked not to stay home, and he has been asked not to be at the, the facility this week. Clearly, there is some breaking going on in Chicago. And I know it it sounds stupid, and I saw a report that there's like five teams that Caleb Williams is willing to be is willing to go to because he can make more money at USC than he can as a rookie in the NFL, even as the number one overall pick next year. But I mean, if Chicago's at the top of that board, I think I'm more inclined to go to Arizona than I am Chicago right now. I mean, they just drafted a quarterback top 10. And, yeah, you gave him DJ Moore. He didn't get an offensive line. I mean, Darnell Wright's a nice piece, but he's far from being a Pro Bowl offensive lineman right now. That team needed to put an offensive line in front of him. They didn't. And and it looks like their coaching is just inept. Yeah, no – there's there's jobs that you can look at, and, hell, I'll say it, Arizona, 
we thought that was going to be a dumpster fire because of, of Gannon. That's a well-coached team. I team hate plays. That Josh, team fucking plays. And Josh Dobbs is fitting in perfectly. Um, even the like the Giants, as big of a dumpster fire that is. The Giants are. I don't feel like they're horribly coached. So, I I had this conversation earlier. Daniel Jones is going to cost Brian Dable his job. You know what? And if and if Brian Dable gets fired, the way I see it, if if Dable get if they get to the end of this year and and Dable is let go because they're I don't know one in seventeen, one in sixteen, whatever it is. If you are L.A. or you are Buffalo. Especially if you are Buffalo. If if you have a head coach at the end of the season and Brian Dable gets fired, you go, hey, would you be the O.C.? And he's going to be like, no, I'd like to continue being a head coach. And you're like, cool. Hey, Sean, can you come here for a minute? Hey, how do you feel about being a DC? You don't want to? F- okay, you're fired. Dable, who would you like to have as your DC? Like, somebody needs to bring him in. Yeah. It, give that guy a, a winning team, a quarterback that's not a gigantic pile of trash. Oh, God. I I mean, you said it, L.A. My God, him and Justin Herbert. That That's terrifying. I... No, Dan- I completely agree. If if Daniel Jones continues on his trajectory of straight down, it's going to cost Dable his job, and Dable will not be out of employment for long. Like that, that that will be a failed first time head coach. That will be a head coach before he's ever an offensive coordinator again. And it would have to play out that way. There, I mean. I mean, if Dable if Dable gets fired, I mean, shit. There's ten teams in the league that should fire their head coach, whoever it is, however, however just far you made to go the playoffs, get him. just to go get Brian Dable. I believe he is that great of a head coach. I mean, look what he did with that Giants squad last year. I'm sorry, that proved a lot to me. I agree, and and maybe that's what got Danny Dimes his uh, his pay raise was. Dayball came in and, and literally squeezed every, every ounce every ounce of, of good out of him and now you're left with and he tried to left. literally install the next section of the playbook and it just fell apart. That that shows you what it is. Um we got Baltimore Cleveland. Uh what happened to Cleveland's defense? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I know Miles Garrett got beat up a little bit in that game, uh, messed up his ankle, and he got helped off the field a couple times. And I do believe that that team, that team, that defense, less Miles Garrett, is a much worse defense. I, I believe that if we're talking true MVPs, I think Miles Garrett deserves to be in that conversation. I agree. And as, as far as value on the defensive side of the ball, that is one of the three best defenders in football. It's been and, an absolute wrecking ball. I mean, he he's a fucking monster to be that big, that strong, that fast. I mean, he he he, he is. There's a reason he's a perennial DPOY candidate. 
because he is one of the best defensive players in football. He is one of the best players in football. So maybe them getting beat up, I don't know. But that, that and I think, honestly, the way that offense came out, I know whenever they announced, hey, Watson's not going, DTR starting, me and you got excited. We did, and it's sad. And turns out, Preseason football and regular season football, shockingly, are different things. Um, yeah, but a little girl can dream. Damn if she can't. But DTR didn't look great. Um, also didn't look god-awful. No. Um, uh, the, I mean, the Ravens had a game plan. They came out and they stuck to it. Lamar's looking great. It's not the same Lamar we've been seeing the last few years, but... I, I really think there's something to letting a guy do what he does best to gain his confidence mm-hmm. and then just going, all right, you good? You can win? Cool. Here's how we're going to do it from now on. Although I do think DTR did set a record. I think he's the first quarterback to be flagged for a uh, blindside block. I did not catch that. Yeah, yeah, he, he threw a blindside block uh, on a uh, – he's either a stretch play or a screen play, one of the two. But, yeah, he, he threw a blindside block like 10 yards downfield. Good for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Baltimore came out. They executed. They beat a team that they're better than. And with with Miles Garrett missing some time in that game, I know he didn't miss a lot, but uh, it obviously was enough. And that team's spirit kind of got broke. Speaking of broken spirit. Real quick, can we get two claps for Houston? <laughs> My God. I was wrong, guys. I was wrong. C.J. Stroud is him. Um, C.J. Stroud can play football. I, I didn't see it coming out. That was that was even in in practices and training camp, mini camps, everything. The 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 reports were just not quite seeing it. Then you get him into a game. Kid's incredible. God, I'm so happily wrong about this one that kid's a baller um and i i know there's a certain individual that listens to this show who said on multiple occasions and i i agreed with him that there's one pro ready quarterback in the draft and i and i thought it was cj if there was one that was pro ready because richardson could be great he could be the best one of the group but he's he wasn't pro ready bryce young i have serious concerns about and i've had serious concerns about but CJ, I didn't expect it this quick. He is four games in. He's at the point where, I mean, he's a top five passer in the league. He's throwing the ball over the field. He is supporting two really good scoring fantasy receivers right now. And that team's winning football games. That, hold on. That team is dominating football games. They're well coached, too. So, well, D'Amico and, and Ryan we expected just, that with D'Amico. Yes. But I think with what D'Amico is trying to implement, the what's caught me off guard is the leadership from their first-round draft picks. Because CJ is leading that team. CJ has, that, has the majority of that offense over at his house for private dinners all week long. And that is wild to think about that that's your rookie quarterback and will anderson 
That dude's a fucking problem. So, Houston, great job. Great fucking job in the in the draft. I know you gave up a, a draft pick that everybody's like, oh, look, Cardinals are going to be drafting one and two because Houston's going to be awful. Houston might win that goddamn division. Like, I, I still think Jacksonville's going to get it, but I think Houston's going to be a problem. Oh, Houston's going to be there. They're going to be right there. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a, a wild card team that I don't know if they win a game. If they do, wouldn't be surprised. They're hanging around the last two minutes of that football game. I'd be scared. And I wouldn't want to see them in a divisional round. That's a that's a that's a well coached team with a guy playing out of his mind. They've got a run game. They've got Dalton Schultz has been quietly one of the best free agent acquisitions in the NFL. I can't say quietly because you and I called it. At the time, we were like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing in Houston uh, because we didn't think C.J. Stroud was him, but man, great pickup. Yeah, and and great pickup, great pick. Let's fucking roll in Houston, man. Love like, it. If there's a, a franchise that I, I can't think that deserves it more. They need a win. I mean, A... To draft the guy, to know you have the guy, and then that guy, instead of hosting private dinners, hosts private massages. I, f- I felt bad for Houston with the Deshaun Watson stuff. and Maybe it turned out for the best. Hey, if, if that's what happened to get them CJ, and CJ's going to be that guy, I hope there's division realignment and they end up in the NFC, but... CJ's a problem. That dude's a baller. And he's rapidly setting records. I yeah. So uh, let's let's not forget that he is he is actively trying to set records in the NFL. He's already the longest or the most completions without an interception. Because he's yet to throw one. I think he's the only starting quarterback in the NFL that hasn't thrown a pick yet. Uh Brock hasn't thrown a pick, but he's fumbled. Okay. Uh, he CJ hasn't turned the ball over at all. Stupid. It's phenomenal. Um, Pittsburgh. Uh, hey, Mike Tomlin. I, I can. I'll, I'll. I'll bring this to a level that maybe could get across. When you said after the game that there are going to be changes with the team, your first change should have been actually leaving Matt Canada's dumbass in Houston. And, and letting him know that he can find employment elsewhere because Walmart just down the road's hiring. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how you how you have the press conference. Of course, there's going to be damn changes with the fire you have, and then not fire the offense coordinator because I'm sorry, it's clear that's your biggest problem. Offensive play calling is the biggest deficit that that team faces. Yes. The defense also got manhandled this week. Correct. TJ didn't do shit. Um, your offense—I I don't know if you, I don't know if you checked the final score. You scored six points. Kenny Pickett got hurt. We do know that George Pickens is a good wide receiver, right? I I feel like that's that's uh, pretty common knowledge. Okay. So we do know that Pat Fryermuth is a good tight end, right? 
a lot of people might not know that, but this is a, a tight ends podcast. So yeah, he, he's oh, okay. He's very very good. So I don't know it. I mean, we haven't seen it at the NFL level, but we're pretty sure Darnell Washington's a a problem, right? Yeah, uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, man, I, it's weird. I've heard that name, and he he's a pretty good wide receiver. I, I think Calvin so. Austin looks like a pretty talented guy. Yep. Um, yeah. And and I'm I'm a long ways from writing Kenny Pickett off. Like a long, long ways. I think the kid can play football. Yeah. No. He he because uh, he came on really strong at the end of last year. And uh, maybe the guy that your entire fan base is asking that you fire. I know fans typically aren't right. I'll get. I'll give it. I'll give them that. Fans have been wrong a lot. I know somebody that was pissed that Patrick Mahomes was drafted over Deshaun Watson. I know that guy, and I know him because I am him. Sometimes the people that watch this shit on television might not know what they're talking about. Sometimes it's so goddamn evident what your problem is that maybe Andy Reid should give up play calling with two minutes to go in the game because he gets a little too conservative. Maybe, just maybe, your offensive coordinator that calls terrible plays 103% of the time, maybe he shouldn't be your OC anymore. Just saying. Maybe whenever everybody and their fucking dog knows what the problem is. It's the leading thing on every sports show right now. I don't understand how Canada didn't lose his job last year. The fact that he still has his job today is a little shocking because whenever I'm willing to bet you were the same way. Whenever damn right there's going to be changes, I know I went, Canada just got fired. I, I, can't, I can't be the only one that thought that. No, you weren't. Um, <clears throat> so my only thing is is – with the the fire he said that in, and obviously we all knew what that meant. I don't know if there was a soul on this earth that heard what he said and was like, "Ooh, maybe they're going to change quarterbacks." Because that wasn't it. Because we've seen, I feel like we've seen enough out of Kenny Pickett the way he's he tra- the trajectory he had last year was so rapid and good because he started out bad he started out bad bad he started out really fucking bad i don't know what else to say he started out bad at the end of the year people were kind of looking at him like hey that's uh it's quarterback that's gonna be a problem next year and to see his regression and the lack of run game yeah Najee's not it guys uh is Najee not it or is there just Zero creativity in the run game. I mean, I think it's a combination. Because I, I, I want to know. Not, Najee seems to run into into the defender, even if that's not where the hole's designed to go. So, my only thing is the Pittsburgh Steelers are a very, very loyal franchise, right? Which points to. If you ask me, and obviously I don't know, but I almost look at it and wonder, does the head coach actually get 
to uh, obviously he's going to have a say in who's hired and who's fired. But at the end of the day, is it his job? Like, is it him making the decisions, or is it Omar Khan, their GM? Because if Omar's like, no, that's our guy, and isn't going to fire him, then there's going to be big things happening in Pittsburgh. Because obviously, you don't make a statement like that, that there's going to be big changes, and nobody get fired. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't understand how, how big changes don't mean that your offense coordinator is not gone. Um, and Mike Tomlin should have enough say-so that if, if he's like, hey, he's gone, um, that means he's gone. So, I, man, I just don't know. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me to, to have the press conference you did and your offensive coordinator still be employed. Um, it just it just doesn't make sense to me. No. <sighs> Moving on. Uh, Rams, Colts. I think we both took the Rams. Yep. Uh, the Colts made it a game. Um, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say. To, to get that game into overtime was exciting. We enjoyed it. Anthony Richardson's kind of possibly going to be a him. He, I mean, he he's a he, there's a lot of polish that needs to be applied. Oh, there's a, a lot. Okay, so but he he's fun to fucking watch though. You walk into a barn and you see a 1969 Dodge Charger that is just beat to shit. It's orange. It's got the the Confederate flag on top. Like that's gonna be a lot of work. But God forbid I ever get this fucker running. Yeah, yeah. And the no. thing is, you go over and you're like, oh, I'm just going to see if it fires up. You put a jump pack on it and it fires up. You're like, oh, damn it, that shouldn't have worked. Yeah, that's them. That They've got it running. they got to do a little bit of work. Say it, it, the, the carburetor needs tuned. It uh, needs it, brakes. needs brakes. Probably some, some new spark plugs yeah. and wires. A, a little bit of a facelift and yeah. maybe a running back. Uh, well, he's supposed to be—he's supposed to practice tomorrow. Um, I don't see him staying, but we'll—we'll we'll get into that here in just a second. I just, I, with what the Colts want for him, I don't see him moving either. Um, but no, I—I I just that team's going to be really fun. They are, and and he's going to be Michael Pittman, uh, Pascal. Um, yeah, that that team's going to be fun. That and, team, and I just—it's not this year. That's a next year. Next year they're on the fringe. Say if I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't have the sophomore slump next year. Um, but yeah, I, I that team see, is. I can see him being year three, kind of like we watched Jalen Hurts and mm-hmm. Josh Allen and a couple of these other project guys. So I think he's gonna he's gonna take some time, and and I think that's okay. It, Build if, your offensive line back. Get one more weapon. If the end build that defense of of taking some time and taking the losses and continuing to build your team and get gain the confidence cuz that's one guy who who likes CJ Stroud is nothing but a leader in, in every sense. We've heard the stories all off season staying behind, helping out the the team meetings, the accountability for when he's not even on the field like 
there's I haven't heard a single bad thing about Anthony Richardson since he came out of the draft. And I just I'm so excited to see him. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for his year three. Hopefully it continues. Um, but yeah, if your end result is a top seven quarterback in the league, and you you took three years to develop him, guess what? Now you've got a top seven or higher quarterback for the next fifteen to twenty years, and you waited three, and in that three years you got an offensive line put around him. You've got your stalwarts on the offensive and defensive side, and oh no, you're going to have to start rotating those out. But you know what happens? When you start drafting the right guys, it seems to breed drafting the right guys again. So when your vets get old and they have to go elsewhere because you can't pay them, you're not going to pay them what they want to be paid, and you have to draft their replacements, or maybe you've already tried to draft their replacements and they've been sitting back there. It's how you get long-term success. And if that turns into a Super Bowl appearance at any time, it's a win. There's one Super Bowl winner a year. There's 32 teams. So getting to a Super Bowl should be considered a success. Unless you've been there and lost. Yeah. They ain't been there in a while. So making the playoffs is step one. But that's a good step in the direction. I love everything I'm seeing out of Indianapolis. They just happened to run into a Rams team that was a little bit better. Didn't look as great as they should have against this Colts Correct. team. But uh, that that Colts team is going to be a team that you're going to have to fight with a lot. Um, and I, I I think that's going to be who the Colts are this year. I think so. Uh, Bucks Saints, I mean, this kind of went the way we thought it would, um, especially with Derek Carr being out. Uh, uh, he was injured. He did play, though. Yeah, not much. I mean. <laughs> He played, but yeah. Granted, Jameis Winston did have a Jameis Winston stat line at one point. Oh, for one with one interception. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jameis perfect is in passer rating, mid-season form. Yeah, I mean, he is prime. Uh, made Baker Mayfield look really, really good. Um, which Baker's been playing it's like, like he the problem did. is, is Baker Baker's just kind of looking like he's good. He's looking like the same Baker that got drafted to uh, Cleveland. Which is above mediocrity. So, I mean, if that's what you want as a Bucks fan, go for it. Go all out. I mean, for what for what you were hoping this year to be, right? I I, I feel like they're they've already se- secured a win for their season based solely upon what he's doing. Um, Philadelphia, Washington, great fucking game. Oh Not the game god. I had pegged for week- game of the weekend. Oh my god, such a good game. God damn it if Washington isn't fun. You can't count them out. Just out of any game. God damn it if they aren't fun. I have I have wanted to talk about Washington. I just don't I don't have the right things to say about Washington. I don't know what to say about him. Sam Howell's fun. I can't say Sam Howell's great or good. He's fun. He he's a he's a baller. He goes out there. He keeps stringing games like this together so an interesting something that I did here that I will regurgitate from uh, the 
mainstream media news outlets with football is when your quarterback has a bad game, because all of them do, all quarterbacks are going to have a shit game where they throw three or four interceptions, have a fumble, whatever the case may be. How do they respond to that? He had that terrible game against Buffalo with four picks. Looked like dog shit. Since then, has been on fucking fire. That team is so much fun to watch, and I mean Philly's a, Philly's a tough fucking out right now. That that team is is really good, and I'm I'm really interested because I think after week six, they have a run. They have a stretch where it's. I think it's San Francisco, I, Dallas. I know they play they play the Cowboys twice. That's what it is. It's San Francisco, Dallas, Washington, Dallas. No, I, I think Dallas is the like the beginning of the end or the second game at the end, but it's like San Francisco, Washington, Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami, and and Washington, and like I think they play I I think they play Dallas twice in that, but you play five of the the top five teams in the NFL in a seven week stretch, and you play one of them twice. We're gonna find out who Philly is because the. the no, none of us really know what Philly is. Like they're four zero. They're four zero. But and I mean, as, at some point, we say this every year. At some point, you are what your record says you are. We're we're a little early for that. But they're they're four zero. They're one of two undefeated teams. But they have not been impressive yet. No, a lot left to be desired in Philly. Um, I mean, especially out- after the year they had last year. Yeah, say outside of the tush push, I mean, what are they doing effectively? I mean, yeah, AJ's had one good game now. Devonte hasn't looked all that. Devonta, excuse me, hasn't looked all that great. That defense has been kind of up and down. I mean, you did just give up thirty-one to Washington. I know Washington's not the what. This isn't last year's Washington team, but. That defense hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. That offense hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. Because I thought, well, when they added DeAndre Swift, I was like, oh, great. There, there, there it is. That's what everybody's going to be chasing. And I, I need Philly to show me something before I really get too excited about them. But, I mean, they're winning football games, and in the end, you win by one, you win by 100, it wins a win. And I I don't I don't trust Philly, but I know Philly is is a team to be feared at any point in time. Yeah, uh, Washington. I know there's no such thing as moral victories. I feel like they're going to use this as fuel. I don't I don't think this team's done. I, no, I think this team that Washington Washington's going to catch one of them, if not both of them. They're going to catch Philly and Dallas. They're going to catch one of them this year. Where, where you're going to be like, hey, all we got to do is get through Washington, and Washington's going to punch you in the fucking mouth. Yeah, I love the way that team's playing right now. Uh, I love every bit of it. Can't wait for the new name next year. Uh, whatever it may be, anything but the Commanders. I, I just hope it's a decent name. From a team we love watching play to a team that is fucking awful to watch right now, Cincinnati. I don't have anything to say. I don't know what's happening. Um, I, I, I can't even speculate... Joe, it's got to be the calf. 
It's got to be he can't plant. It's got to be something stupid because you don't just get that bad at football overnight. Yeah. No, they're, they're, I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, I don't know if if he's scared to use the leg. I've watched him play. He doesn't look injured enough to be playing this bad. I, I mean, there's no way he's this bad at playing football now. There's no fucking way that you go from what he's been to this without playing football. That being said, Derrick Henry had his first relevant football game of the year this this week. The first game where he's been anywhere close to being Derrick Henry of old. Had, what, two, ru- two rushing and a passing touchdown? Something stupid like that. By the way, he's now tied with Joe Burrow for passing touchdowns this season. You have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. How is this team this bad? I mean, and Joe Burrow is still, I think, one of the best throwers of the football in, in the league. How is this offense gone gone to this? I mean, you've lost. You've had two games where you didn't score a touchdown. You, you just lost to Tennessee 27-3. to I mean, they're they're a week away from being legitimately talked about as one of the worst teams in football. Because we all know what that team should be. And that's why none of us are putting them there. If you start one and four, and they have a losable game on the schedule. I mean, I mean, I we we said it. I was loud about it. That defense was not going to be what it was last year, right? And if you need proof of that, look what Jesse Bates is doing in Atlanta. That dude's a baller. That dude is one of the best safeties in football. When you lose that guy, you have to have something to replace him. They had nothing to replace him. You lost one of the best defensive players in football, one of the best offensive backs in football, and replaced him with nothing. That defense was going to suffer a little bit. I thought against the Rams. They were like, hey, you know what? You're right. The back end's not what it was. So let's take our pass rush, the strength of our defense, and let's use that to our advantage. Somebody runs, walks in with a running game, although they haven't had one all fucking year, and you get punched in the mouth and lose 27-3. to and by the way, your offense sucks again. I mean, has, has does Joe crossed 400 yards passing this season? I don't think he has. I don't think he has. I mean, he is. He's fucking awful. I mean, I I know we all know what Joe Burrow is. We all know what he's supposed to be. But at this point, who who's feeling more buyer's remorse, the Giants or the Bengals? I still feel like it has to be the Giants. It has to be because we know because Joe Burrow's taking that team to the Super Bowl. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football. He's one of the top two quarterbacks in football. I think. I mean, right now, he, right now, I don't have him as a top ten quarterback. It's rough to watch. Something's got to happen. Happen. I don't know if if they're just not. Well, 
here's the thing. Zach Taylor, he's a defensive guy, isn't he? No. He's not? He's an offensive guy. He's an offensive guy from the Rams. He was an OC for the Rams. That's right. That's right. He was offense. Okay. Well, for a second there, I thought he was a defensive guy. I was like, they can't even get the defense right. No. Something's fucky in Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're currently picking number five in the draft. Like, I know it's it's week four; it's a long ways from the draft. But you're. It feels like this team's a long ways from a win. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that you can pick them against the bad teams right now, and, and that that is a wild thought because, again, we had this team as hey, this could be the year they get back to the Super Bowl. I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs at this point. And I I can't come to terms because I said they have a losable game this week. Do you know who they play this week? I haven't looked. They fucking play Arizona. Oh, that's a very losable game. Very losable, especially with the way Arizona's playing now. This could also be a get-right game where you have, if they win and it's by three, they didn't get right. They have to come in no, this, and this, blow them out of the if water. If you win by three, it better be 54 to 51. Yes. Like, if you win by three, everybody better be over 50. Because th- this offense this offense has to score. This offense has to score right now. If your offense isn't scoring, you're not coming out with a win whether or not you win the game or not. If you win this game 10 to three, you lost. This offense has to get going. They have to get going now. Because, holy shit, is that... I, I mean, is there, is there... Have we seen a worse four-week start from a Super Bowl contender for a team that was thought to be a Super Bowl contender ever? Not to my recollection. I mean, not only are you just one and three. You've gotten your ass kicked three times and your one win was one of the ugliest fucking Monday night football games I've ever seen so I the the, the fingers getting ready to get pointed at Cincinnati and if they lose this week to Arizona it's gonna be a big fucking finger um Chargers, Raiders. Raiders hung around a little bit longer than I thought they would. And then proved why no matter how Brad how bad Brandon Staley is, he still might not be the worst coach in that in that division. No. Uh, your, your rookie quarterback comes in, hangs around with a team that you shouldn't be hanging around with in realistic terms, and after the game criticizes the mistakes that Aiden O'Connell made. And McDaniels, fuck you, or McDaniel, excuse me. I, I, that guy is such a piece of trash. Like I, I do not have any respect for him. No. And like I said, as bad as Brandon Staley is at coaching, I'm still not sure he's the worst coach in the division. No, I don't. I, obviously, you guys have heard my rants on Brandon Staley, which God forbid they would have lost this game. Correct. Oh, that that would have been one for the ages. Luckily for them and for you, 
unless you like it when I completely come off the rails. I mean, I usually have fun watching. I, I know you do, but what did Aiden O'Connell do so bad in this game that you lost by seven? Uh, I think. I mean, I left that game. What little I watched of it, I left that game. Watched some highlights. My thought process was, oh shit, is about to happen to Jimmy again? That's that's what I was thinking. And then the head coach comes out and be like, yep, he he didn't play very well. He's got to clean that up. And I'm just like, okay, what game did you fucking watch? I mean, I was. It was weird to see a Raiders quarterback wearing number four, and it not being Derek Carr. That was weird for me. Well, he got the Derek Carr treatment. Yeah, yeah. It, one of the better parts on your team, and I mean, good for you for using your All-Pro running back again, too. Yeah, no yeah. shit. That, now, now if you could get your All-Pro wide receiver involved, maybe, maybe your offense would be a little better. But man. I, I don't <laughs> this game just further proves that there's nothing to fear in LA for me. But God dude, I The I, only thing to fear as a Chiefs fan about LA is the fact that when they come to Kansas City, they're gonna play their hardest game out of the season mm-hmm. and God forbid if it's at a rough time. <laughs> you you mean like Mahomes throwing probably one of the worst passes I've ever seen leave his hand? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, Kansas City can lose to the Chargers. Absolutely. Should they? No. 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 And, and that's not a feeling that I thought I was going to have coming into the season, aside from the fact that Brandon Staley's the head coach there. Uh, Dallas, New England. Um, Dallas beat up on a really bad New England team. Man, Mac Jones looked fucking awful. Mac Jones looked bad. Um, um, I mean,. Matt Judon goes down. Christian Gonzalez goes down. The Cowboys' offense still doesn't look great. They're like, uh, I think they were one of six in the red zone. Say the defense, I think, scored twice. I think the defense scored twice. And, man, I having a defense that can score 14 points a game is great. That is great. Having an offense that struggles to score 14 points a game, I believe, is a problem. And I, all their offensive scores are on like massive plays late in the game. The, they ride the defense into half, and then the other team, like the Patriots, they're so broken. You you've taken out their best corner, their best edge rusher. Now you can throw deep on them, and you throw over the middle, crossing routes, nickel and dime them down the field. And then he'd break one out from about 40 for a touchdown. That's not going to win in crunch time. You know, it's it's weird. It's almost like the offensive play caller for the Cowboys is afraid of... Relied on Hail Marys to win a lot of games. And is afraid... To allow his quarterback to go out and make some plays. No, I, 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 I don't believe in Dak to make the plays, but if your team is as good as it is, that defense is 
otherworldly. Best in the league right now. Abs- I, there's no arguing against that. Best in the league. What happens when you neutralize number 11? Arizona wins. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you really think that other well-coached teams on the offensive side of the ball aren't going to go, well, we got to take 11 out. How do we do that? Nickel and dime, easier screen. Said, easier said than done, but, yeah. I, I mean, no. If Jonathan Gannon and Josh Dobbs, which, to their credit, have played phenomenally all season long, if they can figure it out, I don't have any doubt that Andy Reid can't figure it out. Hell, Sean McDermott's probably like Ken Dorsey's got this now that they can run the ball. Kyle Shanahan, he's literally shown you the last two seasons he can figure it out. Um no, the, the Eagles, good, the, the Eagles can figure it out. The good teams feel like they're going to beat the Cowboys, and, and they get they get that test this week. They play San Francisco on Sunday Night Football. San Francisco. This isn't coming from a Niners fan. This is coming from somebody that watches football. The Niners better annihilate that fucking defense. I, if Brock Purdy comes out has two picks, which. I think would actually be a godsend to only have two against that defense. Mike is coming. Mike is coming fast, and they're not going to line him up on Trent. No, God, no. That would. That's I mean, they might. They might give Trent a couple of reps with him, but no, he's he's coming off the right side. He's coming off the right. So that means that your play actions got to be going to that right side, so it's all behind. You don't want Micah Parsons running in the same straight line. Behind Christian McCaffrey. Right. You want him to have to turn around and miss two steps. That's a lot. That quick slant, George Kittle's going to get in on it this weekend. I know we're, this should be saved for tomorrow night's episode, and we'll get into it tomorrow, some more tomorrow night. But the, the, the formula to beating this team is out there. It's get their offense to play from behind, and... Pump fake and get it over the top of Michael Parsons. Over the top to that defense is three yards down the field. Three yards, three yards, three yards. Oh, no, it's fourth and one. Cool. Three yards, three yards, three yards. But that's all you have to do. See, that San Francisco's run game, their screen game, I think that can do enough to neutralize a lot. I mean, like I said, we'll, we'll get into this more tomorrow, but. I don't I just see doubt. enough out of Dallas on the offensive side of the ball. Dallas can beat up every bad team. I just don't know that they can beat the good ones right now. Which, I mean, again, I have it, that team it, as a team that could win the it, fucking Super Bowl. They, they could. Uh, they that, very well could. That offense your, looks your exactly offense. like what Rodgers had in Green Bay with McCarthy. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what that offense is. You, you can have all the talent in the fucking world. When you have somebody that refuses to play to call plays... That's what you're going to get. And that's exactly what that team looks like. San Francisco, Arizona. Man, Arizona looks good. I don't know what else to say. They, they I, I know they 19. lost. Yeah, they lost by damn near 20. Dude, Arizona's. Arizona was there. If it wasn't first. Okay, I want to I want to put a, just a quick timeout on this. I can't say if Christian McCaffrey wasn't there. That team was going to find a way to put up the 35. Because I don't know if anybody else seen it. 
but Brock Purdy to Brandon Ayuk was pretty fucking big. Yeah. In big spots. I counted four deep shots, like 35-plus. I only had like 148 yards. I mean, Brock is, for for certain individuals that seem to think that Brock Purdy's not a good quarterback, have you watched? Because, uh... Oh, no, there's... They brought that up today. Uh, there's too many throws that you that should have been intercepted. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mahomes throws, like, more interceptable passes than I think anybody that I've ever watched. In fact, and I, I know this will probably land on some ears the wrong way, how many interceptions has Mahomes thrown that got called back because of flags? And don't get me wrong, sometimes I think he throws them there to force the flag. Good quarterbacks do that, though. Good yeah. quarterbacks throw. When you see him launch it downfield, like, why the hell did you do that? And then you see a 45-yard pass interference, that's a good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you're, you you force them to make the, to make the call. You, you put the... You put the ref in a bad position. You manipulate. You manipulate the game. Yeah. However you can. Yeah. I mean, you. That that's how it. That's that's how you win football games. That's how you win championships. And Mahomes throws a lot of passes where you're like, dude, that was that, that was almost picked. Yeah, but here's the thing: Mahomes was a first round pick, and he plays for the guy's favorite team. Correct. He wasn't the last pick in the draft. And uh, doesn't have all these weapons that make it so much easier uh, on him. But, you know, I, I really – I'm getting sick and tired of talking about that. Brock's oh, yeah. playing lights out. Bro- I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick by what I've been saying. Yeah. Brock is one of the best quarterbacks in football. He's he can playing- make every throw. He can do anything you ask him to do. If you give him time, he can beat you deep. If you, if you come rushing at his face – he doesn't get rattled. He makes the throw. He makes the smart play. He does everything you need him to do. He is, I mean, he appears to be what we thought Joe Burrow was. So, and and uh, Skip Bayless had, had some big, him and uh, Richard Sherman had like a 12-minute talk about Sunday night's game uh, coming up. Um, but there's the, you just said it. In pressure, he just stands there. He gets hit. He jumps back up. Kyle Brandt has some weird off the wall thing where he's saying Brock Purdy is AI. He's 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 just a robot. No, that actually makes a lot of sense. It, it makes too much. I, I hate it. It makes too much sense. But yes, he he stands in. He takes the hit um, to combat the whole. Micah Parsons is coming off the edge. He is. And I get that that's going to be a four or five man rush, not a six or seven. Um, but when they played the Giants, were there not three to four free rushers every single time they brought brought the house and he stood in there and just delivered? So you shorten the field up, right? Because when you're getting blitzed, you're not pushing the ball down the field. A lot of screen plays. Same thing when you have a good pass rush. So I, I look, I literally look to see... I, I think this week Debo's going to be a lot more involved. It, it's going to be McCaffrey's a lo- going to be a lot more, a lot involved. 
and I think Kittle's a lot more involved. I think this is a week that you can look at Brandon Ayuk and be like, okay, you're probably not going to be a great stat line this week. I think, but that's also a, a team that's not selfish. I, that team I, cares I think, about one thing right now. Yeah, and, and, and it's in January or February. Yeah, absolutely. That team wants one thing, and and I, granted, I think if there's a team that can bat, can, can combat what Dallas is good at, I think it's San Francisco because you have so much where you you can suck that team up just a little bit, and then you have Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. You, you, or you bring that safety down into the box, right, to take care of Christian McCaffrey. Cool. Now Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk are in the I formation. And they motion out like it's going to be an outside run. George Kittle uh, motions across the formation, and you're going to see a guard pull, right? And Micah Parsons, whatever blitzing linebacker, Leighton, they're going to get blown up in the B gap because that's where they're expecting the run to go. Suddenly, there's three extra blockers. You've sucked your safety down to blitz, leaving Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel one-on-one on the outside. And God forbid they have Juwan Jennings just running a quick out route, like a seven-yard out. He's going to go up and get it. I I don't see... I, I don't know. I do want to talk about the Cardinals. I, I, obviously, I can talk about the Niners and Cowboys matchup all day long. Right. That's tomorrow's episode. Josh Dobbs is fucking incredible. It's his compose. When I watched when I watched the game this weekend, I I legitimately sat there and looked as if Josh Dobbs was the best quarterback on the field. And there for a while, I don't know if I was wrong. Mind you, going into half, Brock Purdy had a perfect passer rating, zero incompletions. He was 10 of 10 and like 180-something coming into half. After half, they were able to just run the ball and kill time. But Josh Dobbs is out there. Josh Dobbs makes the throw. He can move. He can look off the defenders. Uh, he's doing everything. I I truly feel like if they haven't already moved off of Kyler Murray, I don't feel like that's a team that needs to look at a quarterback. I really don't. The way he's playing with his composure, I get it. If, if they end up at 1-1 and Caleb Williams is there, you got to take him. That's a once in a lifetime. Yeah, and... I mean, the, the eye roll that you stopped because I made. Um, and I, is it not really as much of an eye roll as a kind of a, a question look? Can we expect a Geno Smith resurgence, style resurgence? I mean, Dobbs has been in the league a while. He has. And, and, and I'm not – no, he's been playing out of his fucking mind. But, but he's also – he's been in the league a while – but how many times do we see a guy that's been in the league, he doesn't really get his opportunities, he doesn't make the best of them, right? Like Brock Purdy, if Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get hurt last year, Brock Purdy would still be on the practice squad. Hell, he might not even be on our practice squad. We, you, All it takes is a guy to get an opportunity, and Josh Dobbs is playing good teams. 
Let's not forget the defense that he diced up two weeks ago was the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. No, I'm, I get it. If you're picking, if you're Arizona and you're picking at like nine, nine to 14, I feel like that should be right about where they're at unless they continue to play this hard. You're in that nine to 14 range. First off, you're not going to have probably one of the top two quarterbacks fall to you. So if you're going to draft a quarterback, it'll probably be in the second round. It, why not build? Why not just build and see? If you can get five or six gears to build a great foundation with Josh Dobbs, if you're not getting Caleb Williams, who might not even want to play for you, then build about around what you've got. It's so hard to have a Geno-type resurgence, but look how well that's doing. And all you got to do is compete. Because the NFC West is one of those divisions that three out of the four teams is probably making the playoffs any given year, even when you count them out, just because of how hard they play everybody else. not saying you're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm also not saying you're going to win it with Caleb Williams. It's hard to have that Patrick Mahomes type of uh, player come in to your locker room and turn things around. It's a lot easier when that locker room's been to the AFC Championship game already. Yeah. So if you can get, if you can take Josh Dobbs and continue to win and fight, I don't see any reason to just dump him. Now, let's say he starts turning back into a pumpkin. Yeah, I mean, the, the, if, then if, if I get the, it. If the clock strikes midnight on him, okay, fine. It was fun. We get to the end of the season and he does nothing but continue to impress, play hard, keep. He's the one keeping this team in games right now. Do we remember when Kyler Murray was throwing to Hollywood Brown? We laughed because it didn't do shit. And whoever else they had fucking playing quarterback because I think it was like Trace McSorley and was that them? I can't remember. Colt McCoy mm-hmm. and, you know, God knows. They couldn't do anything with those weapons. These are the same weapons they had last year. That team's not bringing in any free agents. I think the only – I'm trying to think the offensive weapons they added. The only one they added was Michael Wilson through the draft. And they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I bet Diop is kind of looking at him going, I bet if I was there we could have won a couple of games. Instead, he's rotting away in Tennessee. No, I, I, I really like what I'm seeing out of Arizona, and I'm pleasantly surprised. I hate that it's in my division, but uh, I love what I'm seeing. Yeah, it, it sucks when somebody else gets a gets a fun toy, and you have to worry about playing them all the time, huh? Um. Then that leads us to Kansas City and New York. Chiefs come out on top, barely. So I don't know. I'd like to know what the causation was because they can't, the Chiefs came out like a ball of fire, um, ready to go 
firing on all cylinders, go up 17 nothing in a matter of seconds. Then the safety, and I'm not, I'm not going to talk officiating here. Um, the safety, Jets get the ball back, score, get the two point. <coughs> I don't understand. Like, the Jets' defense is good. It's not as great as we thought it would be, but it's good. I mean, great teams win win football games. Good, bad, ugly. However they do however it needs to happen is that's how they do it. And Zach Wilson played a shit ton better than he has all season. My god, he had a hell of a game. And he made one bad play. That's that. That's fair. Um, I I think the team. What surprised me the most about that was after the game, his post game. Yes, um, that same. was so much growth. Yeah, I mean, from where he was last year, a, a when they year lost. ago today, like um, just nuts. So him on the sideline with with Cobb with Alan Lazard, who obviously came over with one intention and that was to keep playing with Aaron when he's standing there and he goes that's on me I lost this this game and whenever he goes into the post game post game press conference and that's on me I lost us this game compared to where it was do you feel like you let your team down no he's he's shown a lot of growth and he still doesn't look like a great quarterback I mean, yes, he statistically outplayed Mahomes in every aspect Sunday night. And Mahomes did not look good against the Jets. Whether he had time, on the plays where he had time, didn't look great. On the plays where he was rushed, didn't look great. The most effective he was all night was running the football. I just, that game was such a build and was supposed to be that was supposed to be the game that was supposed to be it we were finally going to get Rodgers and Mahomes and I don't know if maybe Kansas City took it that way was ah, it's Zach we're up 17 we're good like I don't I don't know if that's what it was I know officiating sucked but I also know it has sucked the whole game. Yeah. The 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 Jets fans complaining about the uh the flag at the end. Congratulations, you were on the bad end of what I do believe to be the the incorrect call. At the end of the day though Go back and watch the game. Oh my god, it was fucking terrible. The first half they were in the Jets' pockets. Second half or second quarter seemed to be like they were in the Chiefs' pockets. The third quarter, they were like, "It's yellow. We're gonna throw it." And then the fourth quarter, they go, "When do we make this about us?" Now, it, no, and, and it, it was so bad for the entirety of the game. And and I know I know this sounds empty coming from a Chiefs fan, but 
I've been on the ass end of those calls a lot. Let's not pretend like the Chiefs have always been this storied franchise. That the Chiefs have always been this lucky franchise. Like we've been on the shit end of a lot of calls. It happens. And it turns out sometimes the great team gets the call. But like we said earlier, sometimes your quarterback throws a pass that makes you that makes you look at it and makes you contemplate. With where With where Sauce had MVS at, the judge that threw the flag, it looks like a hold. It looks like he turned him. Did he? No, not really. But let's not pretend that, and, and this happens every fucking Chiefs game, it, it's something I've quite quickly become immune to, is that uh, the, the officials want it for him. Every close game that the Chiefs have ever had, that they've ever won with Patrick Mahomes, the officials won it. The, the officials did this. I mean, it's it's always the officials. And, no, I mean, the Chiefs didn't play well. The, the offense didn't look good. The defense still didn't look good. Right? The defense actually didn't look good. The offense still didn't look good. It's not what I hope to see on Sunday night. Um, but, man, I... I, I I hate I hate having to talk about officiating, but whenever it's the, it's all the all that's in the news is the officiating, and yeah, it was fucking awful officiating. You know, there was there was a lot of missed calls, there was a lot of bad calls, there was a lot of times whenever they were like, hey, I mean, I, I, I can think of two instances right now where the Refing person, the, the professional ref in the booth came in and goes, "Yeah, that flag is uh, that's wrong." On on because whenever you whenever your offensive player starts, it's a face mask call. It's where the where the contact starts, which is at the two. That's not in the end zone. That shouldn't have been a safety. Was it? Yeah. I don't know how you get a horse collar tackling somebody from the front of the jersey. I mean, that is a blatantly wrong call that led to a Jets touchdown. So so let's... You guys got Costa first down. Two bad calls gave you nine points. Ten points, actually, because they converted the two-point conversion on it. So let's t- let's take everything away. We'll take away the first down. We'll take away your your ten points, and uh, oh look, you still fucking lose. Like officiating's been bad this year. We've 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 said this multiple times. Congratulations, it's still fucking bad. I, I don't have a lot of good things to say about Kansas City. They they did yep. not look good. That team misses Nick Bolton. That team needs that leader back on defense, and they've got to figure it out on offense. Um, I'm not. <clears throat> that team's not scary. I wasn't happy whenever they hired um, their their OC back, and and it looks like it looks like I was 
I had reason to be concerned. The, the offense has not looked right. They've had one good week. And that, that team's not, not ready. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I mean, I can point to part of it, and that's the fact that our receiving core is barely a wide receiving core. I mean, your your two best wide receivers are both tight ends. I, th- I think Noah Gray is probably as good as any wide receiver we have on the roster. They've clearly lost faith in Kadarius Tony. They clearly don't believe in Sky Moore. They clearly don't believe in uh, Justin Ross. I mean, and you can see that just in target share. I mean, hell, I just saw a stat a little bit ago. Sky Moore has played 20 professional games with the Kansas City Chiefs. He has gone without a catch in eight of those. You're trying to tell me that's a guy you have faith in? That's a guy you're going to rely on? That's a guy that you can see as your as a potential standout wide receiver? No. Puka Nakua has 39 fucking catches this year. As a late-round pick rookie. I'm not sure the Chiefs wide receivers have 39 catches this year. And I... I have serious concerns about Kansas City because I don't know that that I, I don't if you play hell Philadelphia if you play Miami Buffalo which hey if, if we want to get where we want to go we're gonna have to go through them I don't know that that offense keeps up right now yeah there's, that, there's not a lot to say about the way Kansas City played they come out with a W, and Patrick's right in his uh, post game that you have to win ugly in this league. That's one hundred percent correct. Um, typically, though, winning ugly doesn't mean that's your. What do they have? The three wins this year? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, three and one. That shouldn't be all of your first three wins. I'm just say last week was last week was a great win. You beat Chicago, forty-one to ten. Still ugly. Yeah, I mean that. It, it's ugly going the other way, but we expected that out of you. Congratulations. Yeah, say that, that. That's exactly what it should have been. Why? Where's that been all all year? And, and then as soon as they get back to playing a good defense, we're back to struggling. So I I don't have a lot to to go on Kansas City aside from, dude, the the officiating conversations. I understand why they happen. I've been on the other end. I know what it's like. The only thing I have to say about officiating is I just wish it was consistent. Yeah, yeah. If no, you're going to call that a hold, fine. It's ticky-tack. It's ticky-tack as fuck. Absolutely. Especially in the time that you called it. Call that in the first half. Mm-hmm. Call that in the second and the, the third quarter. Fourth quarter, game on the line. What, what, once again, why are we making it about you? I I absolutely hate that that's what this is coming. There, I haven't watched a game where I go, damn, that was really good officiating this week. It's just been dog shit throughout the entire NFL. I don't care what team you're rooting for, what team you're not rooting for. It's all been bad. There's... There, yeah. There, there's nothing else to say about I mean, it. The be, I mean, the best outcome for official uh, for an official officiating team is didn't notice they were there. That, that that's the best outcome. Um, speaking of didn't notice they were there, the Giants. 
Not there's nothing to say about okay. that game. Yeah. I, I, uh, I had Seattle, Seattle. Seattle was the better team. The Giants are bad again. Very bad. Uh, Eleven sacks. Good. Good job. Um, although one of your defensive linemen um, had a had a fun little moment, and uh, Eric Armstead. I did see that. Yeah, his yeah, yeah. tweet uh, saying that he didn't appreciate the Giants throwing the ball quickly because. Why, why couldn't they be the chosen ones? Um, that was wonderful. Um, I know we've gone a little long here, so we're going we're gonna to try and roll through this here. Uh, yep, I, we've got the, uh, the foreplay, and then uh, I think we'll, we'll go ahead and get on out of here for tonight. Um, so if we want to go ahead and get into that. All right. I think it's the moment we've finally been waiting for. I know we just... Man, those last two games this weekend just fucking sucked. Oh, yeah. Sucked the life right out of the football weekend. But, like I said, we'll go ahead and get into the fantastic foreplay of the week. My favorite time of the week. Starting off, our first one, we've got Josh Palmer with his, like, what was it, 52-yard catch? 51-52. To end out the game. Oh, just gorgeous. First off, amazing throw perfect throw and then to, the to go out and just get it the the effort that's when your wide receivers and your quarterback are on the same page you get plays like that and when it happens to be to close out the game there's only one thing better than being the play to close out the game uh, it's to get the game going but Josh Palmer and Justin Herbert closed it out. But to get one going, get the deep stuff happening in a different game, Brandon Ayuk, fingertip catch. I think it was 47 yards down the field. I believe so. Uh, Brock Purdy just puts it up. At first, we both watched it. And we're like, oh, God, he overthrew him. Well, when you go back and rewatch it, Brandon Ayuk actually slowed down in the middle of his route and then seen the ball. And had to go run out back underneath it. If he was, if he kept stride, it's probably six. But the fact that he caught up to it in double coverage—that's the other thing. That was beautiful double coverage that they had on Brandon Ayuk. Brock Purdy throws him open. He puts it on his outside shoulder, only where he—if he can't get to it, the ball's hitting the ground. They live to see another play. Brandon Ayuk reaches out, fingertips it, on the run, gets another five yards out of it. Gorgeous. Oh, my God. The chemistry between those two, absolutely phenomenal. And now into my two favorite plays of the week. Sorry. They're not plays. They happen during professional sports. And I, a massive man-child, am here for it. We're going to start off with Will Disley. Last night's game, tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. There's a little bit of a scuffle. Refs come in, break it up. It's already broken up. Next thing you know, Will Disley squares up to who? I, I can't, Xavier McKinney. Xavier McKinney. And just starts like lightly boxing on him. McKinney just jumped, turned, just fucking whips around on him. They have to get broken up. When you go back and rewatch it, 
They're both just watching from the outside of the pile. And the next thing you know, Will Disley just squares up old school fist cuffs like we're we're gonna get it. Just 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 lightly. Just rock 'em sock 'em robots <laughs> just, that are a little too far apart. <laughs> just popping them on the back. Whips oh fucking hilarious. Absolutely love it. My favorite one for the week. Uh, I think this is already winning week four. I know that later on in the season we'll have to start doing something with the uh the plays. Cole commits touchdown celebration. Oh god, so great. Oh man, if you guys don't see it, so Justin Fields rolls out to his right. Cole Komet cuts back to the inside. Justin, you know, stops right before the line of scrimmage, jumps up. One of those gorgeous off-script plays to celebrate. He spikes the ball and he starts walking towards towards the the stands, right? And there's two gentlemen standing on the sidelines. And the first one closest to him throws a pitch. This looks scripted, and it's not, which makes it 10,000 times better. Throws a pitch, right? Cole Komet swings on it. Fan behind him, stadium worker. I don't think it's a stadium worker. I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. It was wonderful. Jumps up to try and steal it at the wall and misses. What? I have no idea. Like I, I watched that and I was like, what are, what? That's fucking awesome. Like, I, I, I still don't understand it. Who are those guys? I have no idea. And the, and Cole Komet to see, to see it and just enact on a touchdown celebration makes it that much better. Fucking wonderful. I, Just so great. Um, you have any honorable mentions? I, I do, and I'm actually shocked that uh, that that one for sure didn't make it because the moment it happened, I looked at you and quoted the longest yard uh, because, I mean, I do it every week. When McCaffrey has the football, at some point in time, I do it. And, and and you all already know where this is going because if you don't do it, you're a liar. Whenever he hurdles the defender off the right side and then scoots through for the touchdown, I immediately, standing in my living room, again, I had Christian McCaffrey playing against Ryan in fantasy, so it made it that much better for me. But I stood up, and I look at Ryan, and I go, that's how a white man runs the football. And, and it was wonderful because I know it's it's something we've come to expect. No, that you're right. That play was absolutely incredible. Uh, I, Mark Sanchez actually helped break that play down, uh, watching the motion and how the, the blockers get out. It It's truly, a, a from a football standpoint, it's a, a work of art watching some of these plays that Kyle Shanahan, uh, Mike McDaniels, these guys draw up. It, it's fun. I just, I I did think about that one. I thought about that one a lot. So I, I know, I know, I know what be values um, go into your foreplay, and and I understand that that happened. Like I understand it 
because I, I we've, we've talked about this. I know what, what, what kind of counts as being the... Well, and it's funny because later on in the game, they line up in the eye and ball hasn't even snapped. You look me dead in the eyes. I... At this point, game's like over, right? I'm thinking about dinner. You look me in the eyes. Make sure that I'm looking at you and not through you. And you say, I swear to God they hand it to use check. And they do. <laughs> I hate how well I know your offense. Because, well, again, the long ball to Ayuk. They line up, and I was like, oh, yeah, touchdown Ayuk right here. You did. It wasn't a touchdown. It was like a 47-yard gain. And I was like, the amount that I know your offense pisses me off. There was just that one pesky safety that he couldn't quite beat. Otherwise, yeah. it was yeah. six. If he, breaks, if, if he can get his feet get his feet because the throw was a little a little offline, he has, to go, he has to reach out to get it. If he catches that, collects, can make one move, it's six. Your offense is so damn predictable. I look at him and like, yep, this is a run. And they'll be like, everything's going to the right. Now, and I'm just, yeah, that's a run to the left. Oh, shit, it's a run to the left. Look at that. It pisses me off. Especially when we're at the one fucking yard line. McCaffrey has four goddamn rushing touchdowns on the day. And you hand the ball to fucking use check. And your quarterback sneak it in like a bunch of assholes. I hate that team. Just real quick, scrolling through Facebook right here. One year ago today. I posted Talanoa Hufunga, and that was it. That that is a correct correct thing to post. So I think that's it for us tonight. Uh, we do have another episode for you tomorrow. Uh, you have something to add? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get out of here. So we're gonna we'll be back tomorrow. Um, I would like to end on on this tweet from Dov Kleinman. Running back Josh Jacobs, wide receiver Devontae Adams, and cornerback Marcus Peters have all liked a comment on on Instagram that says, fire Josh McDaniels. Be kind to each other, love one another, and always remember, fuck the Cowboys. Cowboys.